G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. 2020, bringing a biblical perspective on life, culture and current events. Weekdays on UCB's Vision Radio Network. Find out more at vision.org.au. In the heart of Sydney's King's Cross, a unique Christian ministry has existed since the 60s. It's called the Wayside Chapel. Under the banner of Love Over Hate, the Wayside Chapel provides a, a range of programs and services to ensure that the most marginalised members of the community have access to essential health, welfare, social and recreational services. Reverend Graham Long is a minister with the Uniting Church and he's the pastor of the Wayside Chapel. Graham, let's start at the beginning. What exactly is the Wayside Chapel? The Wayside Chapel's got a 50-year history. It started in... Uh 1964 with uh, Rev Ted Noss, um, who landed in King's Cross and found, you know, the call upon him to be church made him form something that was quite different to your average everyday Methodist church. So that's our beginning. That's how we started. As King's Cross itself has changed and as the world has changed, the Wayside Chapel has changed with it. So through the Vietnam era and beyond, uh, King's Cross became a very seedy place with uh, uh, drug culture taking over that was previously really not there to the same extent. And so Wayside had to really work with that and work out how to meet the needs of people whose lives were decimated by drugs. Cutting a long story short, we're, we're now in a period where the poor and the desperate are still right here, but it's also a gentrifying place. So the very wealthy are right here as well, side by side. Okay. So Wayside is a is a place, is a church that seeks to uh, bridge that gap and to to be a place where there's no us and them, which is a gospel value. Mm-hmm. So we say to the poor, we wouldn't be here without these people, these well-heeled people, because um, 80% of our budget comes out of their pockets. Only 20% from government sources. And then we say to the wealthy people, this is your brother. We don't say, this is a social problem you have to fix. We say, this is your brother. This is your sister. Yeah, it changes. I think that's a, that's an incredible thing to, to be doing too, is so often as we get comfortable in who we are and comfortable whether it be with wealth or, or success, we sometimes forget that those people who are struggling, who are living on the streets, are very much our brother or sister. Exactly. We think of them as being a different breed, but the truth is the fall to the street is a tiny fall. You know, we think of it as a huge fall. It's not. You know, you only have to be hit by a mental illness and not be backed by family and money, and the street is very close. So it's an illusion. Uh, and, And when we live in an illusion... We say to ourselves, well, I'm doing well because I worked hard, as, as if others don't. Um, and, you know, that illusion needs to be broken. And uh, and it breaks very quickly once you actually meet street people and, and you find out some of them are professionals and some of them have travelled the world and speak, you know, various languages. 
and uh, they, they got there not because they said to themselves, you know what, one day I'll be lazy. They got there for a bunch of other reasons, which are usually related to mental illness. Graham, tell us a little bit more about the way that the Wayside Chapel works as a church community. Obviously, as you said, you know, you're built on gospel values and you're an offshoot of originally the Methodist Church. How do you now fit into the, the landscape of the Christian church in Australia? Um, I, I guess you might say we're on the edge, but but uh, that's not how we feel. We We feel like we are nothing other than the church living the gospel in King's Cross. Now, maybe our communities are tad unusual, but um, we don't think there's anything particularly unusual about what we're doing. So uh, we don't see ourselves as a welfare agency. Uh, we don't see ourselves as a soup kitchen. We see ourselves as people living out the vision of how we're all one in Christ. There are times, and our vision is, that these distinctions between well and unwell, between housed and homeless, between rich and poor, between even saved and lost, melt when you actually meet another human being. We see that as living out the gospel. Graham, what are some of the ways that the Wayside Chapel does its ministry? We we run a an open door that's open at least 12 hours, seven days a week, and around 300 people a day would come in asking for help of some kind. That can be uh, anything from street people who need a shower and a change of undies, or it could be a well-heeled bunch of mums who are coming for a playgroup. So it's it's across the whole spectrum, um, and all those things can happen in the same space. We have a specialised youth service. We have another specialised service for people with long-term mental health issues, and they can be both wealthy and poor. Um, that group, we teach to uh, grow their own herbs and veggies on our roof. Um, they keep bees and harvest our own honey, uh, worm farms and compost and all that sort of stuff. We also have a group then that learns how to cook using that material and then that is used in our cafe and people see from seed through to meal and it has the effect of, of lifting people because they're doing things they never thought they could do. Now also uh, over the years of the Wayside Chapel, it, it hasn't been without its controversy, has it? Or without its struggles. You guys have yeah. certainly, um, I guess, pushed the boundaries of making sure yeah. that people understand that you're all about reaching out in love and meeting people where they're at. That's right. That's right. Um, you know, Ted, Ted probably pushed the boundaries beyond which almost everybody was comfortable. My approach is a little different to Ted's, but I think the project's the same. You know, Ted was charged with heresy, but I think, I think the world has changed and the church has changed and that wouldn't have happened today. I feel very supported by the Uniting Church, and I'm very proud to call myself a Uniting Church minister. And, uh, yeah, I have no complaints. And, and I think the church, generally speaking, is proud of what we're achieving here. Um, so there's not much controversy left in, in that way. Um, there was controversy. At one point in our history, we got sick of picking up dead bodies, literally. 
uh, and the Wafer Chapel played a key role in establishing the medically supervised injecting centre in King's Cross, and that got terrible press, and and Wayside copped a beating over it, but uh, deaths on the street went from 130 per annum down to about 12, and ambulance calls to overdoses went down by 88%. So, you know, that was done by the pastor previous to me, but I think the man deserves a medal. So these days we, you know, we do lots and lots of work and I think, you know, 80% of our income comes by private donation. So clearly we have a lot of support. A lot of people believe in what we're doing. A lot of non-church people believe in what we're doing. When, when we had a crisis with this building, it really looked like we might go away. And I went to, I didn't go to the public, I went to wealthy individuals and said, hey, if we can't replace this building, we might go away. And I got uh, more than six checks, I think I got seven checks of over a quarter of a million dollars, private donations. So, you know, I I think it doesn't matter how rich you are, that's a big donation. Mm. So people value what Wayside is and does. Chatting today with Reverend Graham Long. He's the pastor of the Wayside Chapel in King's Cross. Yes, King's Cross in the middle of Sydney. It's a Christian mission, I guess you could call it. And they reach out to people who are homeless, people who are living on the streets, but also to people who are just everyday, normal residents of Sydney. Graham, over the years, the Wayside Chapel seems to uh, get hit with challenges, and yet through faithfulness... uh, I guess uh, God has always managed to provide for you. And and that's probably the same case now, is it, as you continue to face the challenges in 2013? Yes, I I, I love the psalm that says those who go out weeping will return with shouts of joy. (laughs) 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 Uh, Because, you know, we get get a fair dose of weeping and we also uh, have had our experiences with returning with shouts of joy. There's no... uh, there's never any end on a daily basis to the kind of challenges that present themselves here. Many of the people who walk in our front door are walking in on the worst day of their lives. And, you know, anything that you could ever imagine, um, you know, happens and more here every day. It, it never ends. And one of the big things that you're looking at at the moment is something that's not uncommon with any volunteer-driven organisation you've actually got a bit of a shortage on volunteers. What sort of volunteers are you looking for to be part of the Wayside Chapel? Well, we have uh, 400-odd active volunteers, which is uh, pretty good. But the, the, the difficulty is finding people who are available between 9 and 5. We have no end of volunteers who are available after work, um, but we really desperately need more people. Uh, in between the working hours of nine to five. Um, so that's for a whole range of jobs. Um, I don't know if you want to hear about those. but Yeah, well, let's, let's explore that. What are some of the things that uh, the Wayside Chapel does that you're really desperate for volunteers to assist with in those business hours? Yep, well, uh, it's, a range of, it's a range of possibilities because we're, we have a, a whole bunch of programs running at once. From at our front desk, uh, that could be that's very sort of down and dirty, if you know, if you know what I mean. 
um, you can be uh, helping street people have a shower uh, and uh, organising uh, new undies for them or helping find a bed. Uh, we have volunteers who spend all day long looking for beds. Um, if by three in the afternoon we haven't found a bed for you, you are not going to get one and we start giving out warm clothes and blankets and that kind of thing. Um, that it, it would take all day to tell me tell you about all the possibilities that happen there. It's just everything that could possibly walk in does. Uh, we have a, a cafe that runs uh, uh, all day and early evening, and um, we try very hard. Our rule in the cafe is if you wouldn't serve the food at home, then you won't serve it here. So we do fresh cooked meals every day. It's all done by voluntary labour. Uh, the um, the serving is done by voluntary labour. Um, we try and have three volunteers on there all the time. Um, we serve about 10,000 meals a month, um, and that's increased from about 2,000 only a couple of years ago. So there's been a dramatic increase uh, in the demand for food. It's not free food. We don't give away food for free because food isn't free um, but uh, $3 or $4 would fill a starving person so that they couldn't eat for the next few hours <laughs> with with nutritious freshly cooked food um, so the cafe is a big need to, to get more volunteers there uh, we have a program for people with long-term mental health issues and that's a fun program uh, it's not a it's not a clinical program, if you know what I mean. Um, it's it's about sucking people into a program that's essentially fun and handing them responsibility at about 10% more than they would like it and then the next day the same and the next day the same. And giving somebody a job has a transformative effect on them. Within a couple of weeks, someone who can't get out of bed is suddenly functioning because others need them. Uh, that group also keeps a garden on our roof, a fairly large garden where we grow herbs and veggies and keep bees and uh, run compost and you know, all that. <coughs> we also have a youth team, which is the, the young people in King's Cross are much less in number, uh, but the needs of them are enormous. Um, for every 10 young people, we'd have 100 uh, older people, but the 10 are the same amount of work as the 100. So we need people who can specialise uh, in, in dealing with young people who are living chaotically. We have another team of volunteers who walk the street at night because uh, they know the vulnerable, where vulnerable people hang out. And they check out, they know the bushes where people sleep and they find if there's underage prostitution, they hear about that usually before the police. Um, so that's another job, uh, which is, you know, that's not a lot of people involved in that one because we're not running a zoo, uh, but uh, skillful volunteers, that company staff mm. on that walk around. So it sounds like you've got, to, it seems like everything to do with um, social engagement, welfare and also health and well-being on the streets of Sydney. It seems like the the Wayside Chapel is a one-stop shop. Yeah, it is. And, and you know, we, we run a playgroup for mums and mostly it's it's well-heeled 
people who come to that, and we get about 100 to that every Monday. Um, and, you know, that's balloons and dancing and singing and joy and designer prams and, you know, that all happens in the same space. Um, plus, plus we run a little church community on Sunday, uh, which finishes with a roast dinner and street people and church people sitting down together in the same cafe, which is fabulous. Mm. I, my heart is picked up every Sunday when I see that happen because for a while there, there's no them and us. You know, we really are. We really are sharing a meal together. Yeah. It's wonderful. Graham, what do you hope for the future of the Wayside Chapel? I mean, like, here you are talking about this amazing Christian ministry that crosses the boundaries. There, there seems to be no ends to the means of, of what you can achieve, and, and it seems that people are happy to engage with this form of Christian ministry. What do you hope for the future of the Wayside Chapel? I hope for it to get stronger. We've been, um, we've been feeble financially, um, even though we've replaced this building and done so without a debt. Um, the budget is always shoestring and I would like for it to be strong. I'd like it to have uh, enough reserve that uh, we could survive for six months if no donations came in. I think our vision is fresh and could blow fresh air through the whole society, not just the church, but the whole society. Uh, As we see that... uh, Love is the answer. Now, that might sound, perhaps I should break into song, but uh, it's true. When we dissolve the barriers between us, the normal social barriers, what breaks out is an energy which is nothing short of divine. And I, I think the Spirit of God is present when you see people set aside their prejudices and find that they have brothers and sisters together that prior to that they thought was a sad case or a, or a bad case or a snob or whatever whatever collective noun you want to use when that dissolves you'll you'll see God at work I'd I'd love that to generate and become wider and I'd like the Wayside's vision to capture all of Sydney it's only the gospel and and the country. Well, Reverend Graham Long, thank you so much for, for sharing the story of the Wayside Chapel. And uh, it's great to be able to hear the way that God is working through your ministry. Nice talking with you. Like what you've just heard? There's more great podcasts. Or you can listen to us live at vision.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener supported. Your donation of any amount will help us continue connecting faith to life. Learn more or donate today at vision.org.au.